Welcome to Patriot Sports. This is Will Dundon here with Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett. Guys, this past weekend of football, for me anyway, I thought this was one of the most entertaining weekends of the season in college and the NFL, or just as a combination, I guess. It was one of those, especially on Saturday, I needed, like, I wish I could have had three or four screens in front of me for all the games going on. Whether Even the 11 a.m. games, the afternoon games, just all day I felt like there were good games on. But uh, let's kick it off talking about Ohio State. Uh, there were no spoiler makers in attendance no. for that game. And Purdue has had a lot of games this season where they get the big upset. But uh, Ohio State took care of business. I mean, they looked pretty normal, I'd say, for Ohio State standards. Um, seemed to be going in the right direction, kind of trending here at the end of the season to get that playoff push. So you know they're uh, fired up for that. Yeah, and they still have. I believe they still have Michigan State and Michigan on the schedule. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right in that. So they have, they'll have a pretty good resume, especially leading up. I don't see anyone out of the West really competing for the Big Ten. Uh, I don't I don't even know. I think it might be between Iowa and Minnesota this year. Maybe Wisconsin's still in there. I don't know. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking Ohio State's going to run away with it anyway. Obviously, like we said, Michigan still left on their schedule, and they squeaked by Penn State. Yeah, they did. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough game, but we we all know the elephant in the room of Jim Harbaugh playing against Ohio State usually doesn't end too well, um, and it doesn't seem to really matter what Michigan had has done before that. So, even though they look to be having a, a better season and may actually be kind of legit they're uh they're still michigan and i think harbaugh isn't going to break his streak this year how many years in a row is that is that 2013 to 2021 correct that sounds right i mean he's never done yeah. it so as Eight long as years. he's been there yeah that sounds about right it may be even so longer this could be we'll have to uh stat check that but i think this will be nine this will be nine yeah correct Ohio State has won the past eight in a row. They've beaten Michigan since yep. every year since 2012. So, I mean, is this the year that the streak comes to an end for mm. Michigan? I don't know. I mean, they've – call me crazy, but this might be the best Michigan team Harbaugh's had. No, I'd or agree at least with that. It may I'd not be the that. most hyped Michigan team Harbaugh's had, but this seems like the best and most complete team that he's had. Of course, you know, in the past several years, there's been hype like, okay, Harbaugh's finally got his guys. Here we go. You know, the chance to beat Ohio State is here, and they've fallen short every year with Harbaugh. But this seems like a team that, you know, in a crazy year of college football, this could be the upset that they get. Right, and that would be a wild upset because – so what what would happen, I guess, would you have a tie or would – like if, if Michigan won out and ended up beating Ohio State – yeah. Would they go to the Big Ten Championship or would – right, because – so if Michigan State loses to Ohio State and Michigan beats Ohio State, Michigan's yeah. in. Yes. Because Michigan State would have two Big Ten losses. Mm-hmm. Michigan just won um, to Michigan State. So that would be I, – I mean, the Big Ten is so wide open right now. Yeah. It's really – they all kind of have their own they're, – they're all going to have a chance for the playoff, I think. We'll see how it all plays out. But that'll be a very chaotic ending, however that conference kind of unfolds. But Reese, I agree with you. I think Cade McNamara isn't super exciting, but I he's think he's serviceable good. though. Yeah, like he gets the job done. He's a gamer. Like he reminds me of Ian Book. Like a lot of people yeah. didn't like Ian Book, but I always liked him. I thought he was good enough to just manage the game, yeah. run, run around kind of when you need him to. 
and just ma- it runs the offense really well. And then the defense on their side is really what separates them. Aiden Hutchinson, like one of the best Russians in the country. I just think Michigan has a chance, but until they do it, I'm going to go stick with Ohio State on that one. Yeah. yeah. McNamara is not a guy that polarizes you like college quarterbacks we've seen in the past. Tebow, Mariota, Tua. But he's not – he's a guy that gets the job done. He'll get you there, but he won't hurt you, I don't think. I don't think he's going to, you know – impress you with the throws or runs that he makes but like you guys said he's serviceable and you know this team i think has a chance to beat ohio state you know like i said earlier in a crazy year for college football and like you said this is this was an exciting weekend for college football you know we've had some crazy weeks already but when it gets down to the last month or so leading up to the conference championships this is when it really starts getting interesting you know we've had some teams that get knocked off this year and it happened well it didn't really happen this weekend but it's getting interesting for sure. Yeah, and one one more thing I just thought of on Magnamera. You said he's not, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's not Mariota, he's not Tebow. Yeah. He's no he's no legendary no. college quarterback. But if you want to compare him to compare him to some Michigan quarterbacks, I would say he doesn't have Shea Patterson's ceiling, but he also doesn't have his floor. Yeah. Because yeah, Shea Patterson would look ugly. Shea Patterson is the Big Ten version of Bo Nix. Maybe I think not Shea, as honestly, maybe with a higher upside. Yeah, I think a higher upside for Shea because there were times you saw him and you were like, "Man, this guy could be a Heisman contender or something." Early in the year, right? Michigan yeah. king of September Heisman. Throw back to like Denard Robinson, guys like that. But I, I think I think McNamara is good enough to. I, I'm not throwing out this game against Ohio State. Like I said, until they do it, I'm not going to say they're going to do it. But this is by far the best chance they're going to have. Yeah. For years to come, and I mean, probably because you're going to have Stroud there just staying around, and then you got. I mean, Ohio State's going to keep doing what they're doing. Michigan's going to have to find a year to steal one from them, kind of. I think it would be really sad, but also really funny if you know Harbaugh has not beaten Ohio State ever since he's been there. But it would be, you know, they re-signed him this off season, like you know when people thought that you know he just can't get it done and they're yeah. gonna get rid of him, start over. They bring him back. And now he's got a, you know, I don't know how long the contract is now, but it would be funny and sad if they re-sign him and he just never gets it done. Like, the, he goes through another contract and never beats Ohio State. I mean, That I, would be I, insane. It, it would just be one of the biggest letdowns of all time. Well, and it's different, too, because people were kind of respecting the move when Michigan was undefeated going into Michigan yeah. State. And even now that they've lost to Michigan State in a close game, it's like, okay, Harbaugh's still not beating his rivals. But you've got a good team, and you're going to have a good record. Like Most likely, you're going 10-2, and two, yeah. even if you lose to Ohio State. Which is, how do you, like, how do you get rid of a guy going 10-2? 10-2, and and yeah. And it's, it, unless you're, and, it, and it's not, the losses aren't great, at least this year. That Michigan State game, really good game, all in all. Ohio State, we'll see how it goes. But unless it's another one of those, like it was a few years ago when Shea Patterson was there and Ohio State hangs 60 or 70 on you, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. how do you get rid of a guy that's that competitive? Michigan is still very good. They're still hanging around top 15, top 10 level program. They're a blue blood. They are. I mean, yeah, they're a blue blood. Blue blood for sure. Say that 10 times Yeah. But unlike blue bloods like Nebraska, Texas... Those are the first two that come to mind. Unbiased, unbiased. Well, they—I mean, they are. <laughs> yeah. There's no, no, they are. Yeah, I'm there's just no argument on that one. But 
those teams obviously are haven't been competitive in ten years. Besides Texas, they maybe had like a couple one years, year, yeah. two years. Vince Young, Cole McCoy. Well, well, yeah, but that that's was, over. I'm talking in the last yeah, ten, 10 years, years. Like they had a year with Ellinger, and then they were back. They were they average. came back. Yeah, yeah back. that was one of the coldest, freezing coldest takes I've ever heard. Yeah, that was bad. But unlike them, you have Michigan, who's still who's never faltered down below. I mean, besides last year, COVID year, but I don't really count that. Besides that, you're sticking around nine and ten wins every year. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's and for any other program, you're super stoked if you're a fan of that team. Oh, of course. Yeah. Let's move along. Uh, Talk a little was, Big Twelve. Speaking of blue bloods, also there was yeah. a blue blood and an undefeated team that went down this week, and Oklahoma finally goes down. And they, a ton of people were it was so coming. happy about this. It's been the biggest buildup yeah. of, of all like they were of so the season. Did, every game had been so close and had been so crappy, like they would have to scrap out against a terrible team. Teams yeah. like Kansas. Yeah. And Tulane. Like, you I knew, knew this Oklahoma it was coming. was going to happen. It was yeah. coming. I mean. Didn't Rattler come in late in the game? And apparently he got a standing ovation from the crowd or something. I mean. I, I just read that on Twitter. I didn't actually get to watch that game, but. I was, again, Rattler, as soon as he didn't get what he wanted and the, the coach was going in a different direction for a second, he took everything out of his Instagram bio. Like He's just not a team guy. He's so self-centered and focused. So I just can't root for that guy. I guess the fans can. They but. must be drunk whenever they did that. To yeah. like boo him and then chant for the other guy. What's his name? Caleb, Caleb, Williams. Caleb Williams. To like call for Caleb Williams to come in after you've got your guy, your five star Spencer Rattler, to call for Caleb Williams to come in and then, you know, they're struggling again. And then call for Spencer Rattler yeah. to come back in. The Oklahoma fans just even Vols fans high and I don't drunk think at the same that. time. I don't understand what's going on with them. Well, some probably would, but Yeah. I'm super excited to see where he ends up next year though. Regardless. Do you think he's gone? Oh yeah. Right. For sure. If Caleb Williams is still starting throughout the year. Probably yeah, I'd say so. He's probably if gonna. nothing else, if they open it up to a QB competition, if if Rattler loses the competition, he's out of there. You could have a Jalen yeah. Hurts to a situation. <sighs> mm, these, Maybe how many years of eligibility does Rattler have left? He probably has a lot. I mean he yeah, got an extra one with Caleb. An extra one with well and he truly has the opportunity. He could get drafted this year if he thought he was ready. Probably. Someone would draft him. Someone would take him probably in the fifth, bet, sixth round. I bet the Lions Maybe would draft fourth, him. honestly. The Lions I think would definitely the draft him. Yeah, because nobody's taking – he was supposed to be a first-round pick, top 15, but clearly he's fallen. has plummeted. He, honestly, if he could have left already, it would have been, yeah. been a first-round pick probably. Yeah. And who knows what happened. I mean, he's got the – Close. I think so. <laughs> I don't. I mean, he's got the build, about, like, and he's without, athletic. Without playing a, a snap this season, he would have been a first-round pick. Honestly, yeah. What? Maybe. I, I think so. The hype that was around him? I don't know, Jim. I mean, it's kind of the thing. I was talking with my dad the other night. Like, you know, high school football players can't go straight to the league. It's not like basketball where you can draft LeBron James or Andrew Wiggins out of high school. Like, you have to wait like one year or two after high school to be able to be eligible for the NFL. And I know Spencer Rattler had some of the biggest hype of a high school guy ever, but you know, kind of like our boy Tate Martell, but (laughs) I don't, I don't see him being a first round candidate with zero snaps in college. Like even if he is super hyped, that's just not how football works. Well, this isn't his, he's already played. This isn't his first year. Yeah. Did he play last year? Some 
Yeah. Yeah, he started okay, well, last year. Well, still, even with the, the stuff he did last year, which I don't remember a lot, but I don't think he's a first-round talent. There's Mac Jones. Well, I, d- Mac, I don't either. I'm Mac, saying oh, yeah, if well, he, he – like, I think – I think there are times where I think there are like it's it's on you can count on one hand guys that could go from like their freshman year of college to the NFL. Right, right. But I'm saying has he was last year his first year? I believe so. Look up his stats real quick. I swear he's been there longer cuz I'm thinking No, I'm pretty sure last year was the first time he's if been you on can, the team. I'm just saying he could have ridden that hype enough to just go ahead and gotten out of there. Let's see what his stats are. I don't know. I mean, maybe some dumb NFL team would take him first round. Well, that's after, what I'm saying. Think like about the, think about the quarterbacks you took. Let's see. What does he got? So he's a sophomore class-wise, but we'll uh, pull up his stats. He's 21 years old. So, yeah, 2019, he didn't really play. But okay. 2020, he um, – but, I mean, 2019 when he did get in, 7 for 11, 63%, and a touchdown, no interceptions. So – well, yeah, no, that's okay. garbage. I, I that's garbage say, time. I would, yeah, no. So but last year he had three thousand yards, twenty-eight touchdowns to seven picks. Okay, so. well, never. I completely. For, everybody in the world forgot about last year, so I guess I did too. Actually, okay. And how many games did they play last year? That actually is kind of a six stat line. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. Because would they play eight games, ten games, maybe? Let's see here. We'll pull up. Uh, okay. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see him being a first round guy when he's. I, I think he's still unproven, of course. First round is a big deal in the NFL. But I could see a dumb team like the Bears or the Lions or the Jets taking a chance on him. I don't know. I think there are plenty of teams that would have picked Spencer Rattler. So they played 11 games, and Rattler. They beat up, beat Florida fifty-five to twenty in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like so, he would have been riding so much hype. Someone yeah. would have picked him before. Someone would have picked him in the first round. All the mock drafts think, had him top fifteen. I think someone would have picked him before. Like I think someone would have picked him before Mac Jones. And that's crazy to me because Mac Jones, Mac Jones won a national championship. Well, and he might be the best one out of all of them right now. Yeah, I mean, at least most NFL ready. Yeah, it's definitely not Justin Fields. That guy stinks. No, he's fine. We'll see about that. I'm riding that we'll until see. the wheels fall off. But anyway, that's the thing. All the rookie quarterbacks look fine. No one looks like great yet. But it's because I mean they're all rookies. So. But anyways, this this upset. I mean, I guess you can call it an upset. Baylor beats Oklahoma at home. Did you did you guys see that? The Baylor fans, the students, stormed the field with like one second on the clock. No. And uh, <laughs> I saw they stormed. I didn't know there was still time left. Yeah, and uh, the Oklahoma coach was uh, Lincoln Riley was pissed. He was like, "So it's like, dude, you lost by thirteen points. Like, I get it. It's disrespectful, but he was very upset that they stormed early." Oh well, it's like all right, Boo-hoo. just call it. Also, while we're talking about the Big Twelve, I have a interesting question for you guys: Who will be? the top team or the top couple programs win Oklahoma and the school in Austin go to the SEC. I think Baylor might be one of them. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, Baylor. I mean, I think Mike Gundy's a top 15 coach in college football. Maybe top uh, He's been at that program for so long and has built them from 
I mean, dark days. He to, had them in a chance uh, back when Brandon yeah, they Whedon had, what, was there. 11 wins? They, they were going to go to the national championship, but they lost like their last game of the season in a huge upset to yeah. Iowa State. So, they, had, they had one of the biggest NFL busts on that team, Justin, Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman. He was unreal. He was unreal in college. And before them, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they've had I some good Des dudes come through there for sure. But, yeah, the Big 12 – I guess it stays the Big 12. Are they going to get more teams to keep it 12? It'll be interesting when those two teams leave. Yeah, no, who'd they get? Yeah, they got what? Is it like Cincinnati and... Houston, right? Houston. Yeah, they got... uh... And UCF. Yeah, UCF. They added basically the big name... Group of five guys. Group of five teams, or from the BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. I mean, I think that's pretty solid. BYU joining a conference. Yeah, BYU. I think uh, Notre Dame should follow suit and just stay in the ACC. Yeah. Like, cause didn't they do that with COVID? They did it just last year, yeah. yeah. But they're in there for basketball as well already. Yeah, so. And I think baseball. They should just join the ACC. They should. Yeah. But I wouldn't if I'm then. I mean, honestly, because the like, they, the nat- they have their own TV deal. Because they, uh, they don't have to sign to, they don't have to like pay a conference. Right, because the they SEC get the gets uh, to get the TV deal, CBS so they yeah. Stuff. So Notre Dame just Notre gets Dame that directly. Gets all the NBC money, yeah. Like yeah, I wouldn't either. And you don't have to. You have an easier road. Everyone who is hating on you, it's like cool. Y'all are hating on us, but I we mean, still go to the playoff. Like, it, it, so it is, why would we I guess, anything? a smart decision, but uh, it just it sucks. They should start their own conference of religion, them and Presbyterian. Oh, well, BYU, BYU, yeah. It should be, I, I it should be kicked saying, out. Yeah. They could be the leaders of that thing, but yeah, I mean, congratulations, Baylor, you did it. I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. Oklahoma was like we said; they were so close to dropping one all throughout the season, and here it is. Is it Dave Aranda who's the coach? That is, that's Baylor? correct. He's good. He might. Someone might hire him. I've been hearing murmurs because he was murmurs? the DC at LSU. That's correct. When that was yeah. Natty. Yep. Who knows? I'm. He's got to be on their list. Right? Oh, certainly. He's bald. He's a good-looking bald guy. He is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of bald coaches work out. <laughs> I don't know. What's that? Mean? I, I guess so. Probably. I'm trying to think of other bald coaches. I'm going to get back to you on that, but you might be onto something. Hey, James Franklin has done pretty well at Penn State. Oh God. Yeah, let me call a fake punt and a fake field goal in the PJ same Fleck drive. Bald. PJ Fleck bald. Yeah, he um, signed an extension. So he's. Did we talk about that last week? We, no. I think he's signed an extension, so I guess he's tied in with Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Which is weird. Well. I think he could have gotten... I think he would have been on the short list for a couple of those you openings. Think? I think if... if uh, say, say James Franklin is going to USC, I think he's on the short list for Penn State, even Definitely. though it's in the same conference. And I think he's on the list for... USC, maybe? Well, I'm saying if James Franklin went to USC. But otherwise, yeah. He's oh, yeah. probably yeah. on there. And on even LSU, I mean, you're looking for a guy who's coached and done well. Minnesota. Ah. What? LSU doesn't want a guy like that. They want a southern like football guy. And I'm I'm gonna get to it later, but Is I Les think Miles I know a southern guy. Mm, Les Miles. Yeah, but he like, but he but he coached at LSU like a long like he was there forever, so he he technically is. I don't know where he came from, but he's from Ohio. Yeah. That's what that's more southern than Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, PJ Flex from what Illinois probably, and I mean he uh, he was a 
played at Michigan. Wow, I didn't know that guard. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's a northerner. Yeah, exactly. That's what Ooh. I'm saying. Who I mean, else? I don't think I don't think Fleck would succeed at LSU, but I understand the hype around him because Minnesota is a very hard place to win at. Oh yeah, it's which hard is to why I'm kind of surprised he. I don't know. I I wouldn't want to stay there if I was him. I don't know, but he could. You know, if he keeps up the trend that he has right now, he could be the Minnesota legend. Well, he's in an easy. He's in the easier division of the conference, but you're not. You're Minnesota. You're not. He's not passing. Yeah, up but Ohio it, State or Michigan or even Michigan State anytime soon. Well, it, say. I mean, I don't know. I I think if he got that a job like Ohio State or Penn State, the like the offer he would go. But if he doesn't have that, like in the palm of his hand. True. I would definitely stay at Minnesota because you can be the guy. I mean, they're, they obviously like him enough to re-sign him, so they're going to give him whatever he wants. Right. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, we got off onto a tangent there, but there were some other good games this week. Yeah, kind of taking us into the SEC here, why don't we talk about Auburn giving up a, what was it, 28-3. to 28-3. Yeah. Falcons, they falconed it. So they Even Mike worse. Mike Leach and that uh, air raid offense just, I mean, they started rolling and um, Harson no good. He uh, got out coached. How do you? I haven't seen that in college. Yeah, and I Auburn, think I watched Tennessee down twenty four to three. Maybe it was the biggest one I saw them come back on that one year in twenty sixteen. But man, twenty eight to three. And Auburn just isn't a team to, that usually will slow down when. They score twenty eight right, points real quick. Right. Like it's just. I mean, it's it, it's bad. a it's a testament to the air rate system. Yeah, because you have you if can you have score. time on the clock, you can score in a second. Did you, you know? see Will Rogers' stat line? It was crazy. Yeah, read it off. He threw the ball fifty five times, completed forty four passes, average of seven and a half yards per throw, four hundred and fifteen yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's crazy. Forty four of fifty five. That's insane, too. Only 11 incompletions. Well, it's because they do so many. I'm sure he threw some bombs in there, some long passes, but they will dink and dunk you all day because it's so hard to. They just do five receivers almost all the time. Someone's the check down is going to be six yards down the field. So he's like, all right, let's just get six yards if it's not open downfield. And it works out. I mean, he had three guys that had over 50 yards receiving. Jeez. Spread the ball. Good for Mike Leach. I'm yeah. happy. I hope he gets it going there. That'd be fun, especially man, Egg Bowl, man, Egg Bowl. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good game this year. I bet. I love the Egg Bowl, man. I love having that game on Thanksgiving too. Yeah, the Egg Bowl, it'll be good. And I saw a clip of uh, Leach's post game conference, and uh, I mean, he was he was fired up about the win, but was talking all about how much. Um, just how great of a place Starkville is and how people don't really know about it and that uh, on the uh, way back there, he'll be watching film. He'll be watching the uh, game. He said he's going to rewatch what just happened and start preparing for next week, so he's ready to go. I think Michael Leach is probably one of the few people who truly believes that, but good for him. <laughs> hey, I mean... Yeah, Starkville is not an attractive place, if you ask me. I've got to go, just because I can't keep talking yeah, trash I've got about a, it if I've never been. That is true. I just haven't heard good things. No, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. This, we, we're going to throw out our takes here. Opinion, Starkville, not good. Well, I've never been there, but you know, I, I know everything. So, <laughs> Speaking of Vils, what about <laughs> Fayetteville and the Arkansas Razorbacks going down to Baton Rouge? 
and taking care of business, beating them 16-13. Pittman, man, he uh, he was talking all about how much he loves the uh, kids he, he coaches, and he was getting kind of emotional about it. And I think he has this team bought in, and he's really bought in himself. I'm excited to see uh, what the Racerbacks can do. Hard to not like Pittman. He's a good guy. Yeah, I, could, a, I mean, kind of reminds me of like the Kool Aid Man or something. He's a he's a, he's a chunk king for sure. Yeah, just a big yeah, he's a big guy. Man. There's no wearing way. that red. Yeah, I yes, bet. sir. Is like yes, his oh yeah. Sir? Oh my yeah. gosh, man. I bet he eats biscuits and gravy for breakfast every <laughs> single day oh, of the week. That has to be his favorite meal. And on I mean, Sunday, hey, it's he a, chicken it, fried steak. Chicken fried those. steak yeah. on Sunday I mean, for sure. Have any of those foods you've named are are they bad? No, no, they're all good. They're bad. So. Oh, real quick, ask your heart, and they're bad. But I mean, eh. your taste buds love them. I, I gotta ask y'all if you saw this. Did you see the video? It was like millennials trying Cracker Barrel for the yes. first time. No, dude, I did those see that. people were so dumb. They have no idea what I they're talking that. about. I think it was uh, Brand- Brandon Walker. It was. I was yeah. on Barstool. He quoted and was like, "I hate every single person in this video." They were eating and, chicken fried steak, and they were like, yeah, I don't know about this. I don't even know. What is a chicken fried I'm like, dude, how do you not like... Yeah. They, they're they fr- frying it, man. They're frying they chicken. They slather it in gravy. You're telling me that doesn't taste good? Yeah. People literally fry butter at fairgrounds, and they serve it, and it's good. Yeah. You can fry anything. Yeah, and make fried it good. Oreos. And that's people, always a fairground They were complaining uh, about the Cracker Barrel chicken and dumplings. Oh, this looks very uh, gelatinous. It's almost like jello. <laughs> And, you know, it's okay, but you can't really call it a dumpling. Okay, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. Go back to New York City. You don't know what good eating is. Yeah, why do they get to decide what is and is not a dumpling? They don't deserve that It definitely fits the definition of a dumpling, too. Just because it doesn't look like one you've eaten before. Yeah. I was like, get out of here. That's dumpling discrimination. I go... That's right. When I go to Cracker Barrel, I get... The grandpa's country fried breakfast. I get the, I get the country fried steak. I think I might gravy. get grandma's. I get I get the hash brown casserole, and maybe I either go like mac and cheese or fried apples. You know, hash brown casseroles undefeated. It's gosh, it's so good. But and you're telling me they someone ate the mac and cheese and they're like, I mean, it's okay, it's mac and cheese. I'm like, dude, Cracker Barrel has some of the best mac and cheese because it's so yeah, it's all terrible for you. Don't get me wrong. But it's so creamy, cheesy. Hash brown casserole, though, yeah, undefeated. If you don't like that, you got yeah. it. Yeah, don't go. Don't go. You, you don't deserve it. You can't trust these people who don't know what they're talking about. They're from the big city. Cracker Barrel is one of the most successful companies in America, if you ask me. So they don't know what they're talking about. But who knew that we would get into food on this podcast? Maybe Gordon Ramsay will I kind of like it. I, like, I yeah. like bouncing around. Bouncing around a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I bet Sam Pittman loves Cracker Barrel. <laughs> he loves Cracker yeah. And you know who probably doesn't love Cracker Barrel? Coach Dan o. Mullen. No, oh. Dan Mullen. <laughs> well, Coach I was gonna, only home cooks. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably don't have crawfish there, so Coach O hates it. No, he orders it, though, if they don't have it, remember? Oh, yeah, the he gets Joe Burrow, hatred, yeah. The Joe Burrow recruiting story, if you're not familiar with it, Coach O asked for like a bucket of crawfish, and they didn't serve it there. Like, and yeah, Coach O was that. like, okay, well, I want oh. a bucket of crawfish. And <laughs> He's like, let me call my crawfish they just guy. Went, they went and got it. Yeah, I mean. Like the restaurant a... brought him crawfish. You have to. Which was, I think that was what sold Joe Burrow. He's like, man, this guy gets what he wants. Anyway, speaking of, yes, I believe Dan Mullen probably does not like crack roll, but guess what? Dan Mullen is dead. I said it last week, yeah. and y'all weren't sure about it. I got to see. What do y'all think about it now? About Do you think Dan Mullen survives the year now? 
I don't. That's, I think that's he'll the question. Does the he year. make it the entire season? Or well, I mean, they, there's only what, out of there two more games okay, left. But so at the end of the season, though, do you think he's gone? Like, you think he's fired after the season is over? I think he's done after the season. I don't know. Okay, if you ask me this last week, I would say no because he's trying to do the thing like, oh, it wasn't me; it was my coaching staff. He's getting oh, all yeah. those guys out of there. But after this week, it doesn't matter. Being down, like what was it, 45-32 40, 40, at halftime? Uh, it was forty-two thirty-five at halftime. Okay, yeah. To they had Samford. to put up seventy to win to Samford. That's terrible. And here's the thing, Samford. Shout out Liam Welch, the quarterback at Samford. I got I got the pleasure of meeting him last year and hanging out with him for a little bit on my buddy Carson's bachelor trip. Dude is good. Dude has a yeah. he's got a chance to go the similar to Devlin Duck Hodges. Like yeah. Got a chance to make it to the league, so shout out Liam. Hope you make it. You balled out. Though I mean, yeah. Sanford gave it their all and played. Yeah, well. they did. But here's the thing: this is a Sanford was four and five going into this FCS. game. Yes, it's not like you're playing. It's not like you're playing North Dakota State. You know, those guys would come in and beat some. Not even some, a good FCS team. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Respectfully, it, respectfully, it's, yes. It's, it's, the the roller coaster is just going down and still going down. It started with that South Carolina blowout loss, and then you come back and play Samford at home, and you have yeah you have to score seventy. You give up the most points to an FCS opponent that an SEC school ever has. Cush. Ouch. There's no excuse for that. I don't care if you fired your DC if no one's coaching defense. Athleticism alone, like you need yeah. to be able to put in a scheme if you're the head coach. To hold an FCS under five hundred FCS team to less than thirty points, you know, yeah, and they put fifty two on you and give you give you a game the entire time. I mean, I I think Sanford was down fifty six fifty two and got an onside kick, so they were like right in it, and then they ended up not yeah, scoring. And that was kinda... they couldn't stop Florida's offense, obviously. Yeah, but for a while, Florida couldn't stop their offense. But gosh, that's rough. So I think Mullen's gone. No, he's definitely done. It's just so you, win. So it's you just do win. Think, it's okay. win. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I I guess you finish out the season. I mean, if they lose to Florida State at the end of the year, they'll fire him on the spot. I think. Oh yeah. And he, yeah, he won't coach the ball game. He won't even ride the bus back home. What's their record? I mean, I think what they're are they? six and four. Uh, that sounds. What? No, they, they were, were five four and five. Yeah, two, I was going to say two what, and five like, in conference. Because someone, yeah, y'all said after, he might not. Because they were the four and game, five. Will yeah. they even? What are they at? Do we see it? Oh, they still. What if they lose to Missouri? That's the thing. They that can. would be so awesome. You just got crushed by South Carolina and barely beat Sanford. You can lose to Missouri, and Missouri is bad. They're yeah. five, Missouri's five and five. They're tied. They have really? the same record. Yeah. I might be right. I might be running Hammer too much Missouri. on Missouri because I, I think back to the Tennessee game, and then I think back. I watched them again another week, and they just couldn't stop anyone. Maybe it was, let's see. Yeah, I mean. Oh, it was North Texas they almost lost to the next week after. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat South South Carolina. So They did beat South Carolina. They okay. squeaked by. I mean, Florida, South Carolina, and Missouri all have the same record. They all have two wins in conference. Dan Mullen has to be gone. And if they so. and, and if they don't. Will, do you want to talk about the guy who came on our, our cast and what his idea for Florida should be? Yeah, so me and Reese, we were commentating the Tennessee-Georgia game on the Color Cast yeah. app, and we were able to put one of the featured casters. He came on to listen for a while. Excuse me. And he wanted to talk about his team, Florida, the Florida Gators. 
and we talked about the last couple weeks, Dan Mullen, what he thought, and I finally asked him who would be on his short list, and the first name he gives me, he said, it's an old friend, and he's not far away. He, this guy said, Urban Meyer <laughs> is on his like top of the list, and I just was like, Honestly, I just didn't expect it, and maybe I should have expected it because you know, I mean, obviously he was there at one point, yeah, and everything, and that's not gonna. But happen. I'm just thinking, dude, if if this doesn't work out with Urban Meyer at Jacksonville, I think he's finally has to be just done, right? Done, yeah. I think he, unless unless the timeline just matches up perfectly, and yeah. He, Jacksonville beat Buffalo last week, so that's the other thing. As long as he does close to average this year they'll keep him around yeah but i mean he's yeah. not going anywhere that I, yeah i don't think they would get rid of him but unless he does i mean if he unless survived he if he survived the hand up the pants at the bar scandal like i don't think they're they would get rid of him if he loses the rest of the games but the question is does urban meyer want to be there in right Jacksonville? can he handle yeah. losing that much that's what a lot of people say can he handle losing that much because anytime it kind of got close to him losing at Ohio yeah, State. He would have faking his heart attack. Yeah, he yeah. Can fake he handle, a heart attack. Can he handle the stress of losing? Can his cardiovascular system handle that? I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. I thought. That I don't was... think Urban wants to be there. I don't even think the paycheck is a. Where does he want to? Wanna, where does he want to be? Though? He wants to be on TV, and he wants people to be like, "Ooh, Urban Meyer, legendary head coach on TV." That's what he wants. I mean. I don't know. I mean, if he does, if he's at Jacksonville again next year, he's I'm, he's not going anywhere else. Because if he was going no. somewhere, he'd go to USC or something. Yeah. He's going. The only jobs he would take are USC and maybe Notre Dame. That's always kind of been one of the ones that's been on the list. So, but other than that, I don't see anything, anything like that changing. I honest, but awesome to hear that. I just it took me. Maybe take a step back. I was like, "Whoa, yeah." yeah. Talk about a I hot hope, take. I hope Florida fans are thinking this way because I mean, if you're a Florida fan, who do you go out and get? Honestly, you might hire a guy like Chadwell. I think yeah. they go. I think they go FCS ranks. Probably. I don't know what proven unless you maybe Aranda Baylor is yeah. on your list because he's been demons a coordinator at LSU. You know, got SEC ties. I mean, a there'd bit. be guys, but because it's Florida, that's huge, huge job to go. To go well, because originally, they're not afraid to go FCS because originally Frost, when before they hired Mullen, Frost was the first guy they called. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And that was the, I mean, Frost was like. He said, fr- nah, hashtag Husker for life. Well, yeah, basically. He was like, I mean, if I leave UCL, I'm going to Nebraska. Yeah. And that's what happened, obviously. So then they gave the job to Mullen, which I originally thought, this guy's never going to win a conference championship at Florida. And I remember someone being like, oh, no, he definitely will. And I got a little nervous the last couple of years because he looked like he had to run him pretty well there. But gosh, when it fell, did it fall yeah. hard? Is Florida the, the new USC? Obviously, they won two championships with Tebow, and they were electric then. And they've been trying to get back to that for so long. USC, they had the Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Pete Carroll era, and they've also been trying to get back to it for so long. And Neither one of them have done it. The like, how long do they keep falling off, falling short? I really like that because I think the trajectory almost matches up perfectly. Because yeah. you didn't, you don't just fall off like right away. Like even uh, even USC, you had quarterbacks after you had Sanchez, and then you had uh, Barkley and mm-hmm. guys like that who you were still solid. You might win nine or ten games, kind of like Florida. Darnold. You're still yeah, Darnold. Obviously, 
you're in the hunt for the conference pretty much every year. You yeah. don't quite do it. And then, yeah, you just fall. Um, So, I really like that take. I think that's very accurate. And it could be. And especially if you don't get the right coach in there. Who, it's so hard to find the right coach, it seems like, these days. Because there's so many good coaches locked up. Yeah. And so, I think college, we see it this year. College football is so competitive all over the place. You have coaches that don't necessarily want to leave where they are. Crazy times. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who Florida would get, but it'll be interesting regardless. But I think, I don't think there's anybody that they could get besides the crazy Urban Meyer thought. I don't think there's anybody they could get that brings them back to that level right now. I really don't. I mean, it's just. I think the roller coaster is on the downhill slope here for it, him. It'd be a diamond in the rough situation. You take a chance on an FCS guy, I think, and he ends up being the next big thing. I think that's your best shot at. If if your goal is national championship in the somewhat near future, I think that's the best shot you have. It's taking a chance. You had me big yeah. risk, big reward type thing. The the good thing for Florida is there's nobody else in the state that can challenge them really in recruiting, especially of course, like UCF, Florida State, Miami. They're all you know very mediocre or bad at this point. So Florida is not. The, you know they can still count their chickens and get the top recruits in the state, but I don't know, man. I, I don't see them having much success. I honestly think they would have more success if Dan Mullen stayed rather than getting somebody new. It's tough to rebuild, and I've been I've been kind of crapping on Dan Mullen this whole cast. The I'm not sure. I think he's lost the locker room, which is why I think it's fallen so hard. So I don't know how you can bring that back. But if he hasn't, and it's just like you need to fix some things, I don't necessarily disagree with you that they could maybe at least still be competitive. I think I'm going to go back to my original take from years ago that Dan Mullen will not win an SEC championship at Florida. He's already proven he can go to one. Um, It it would take kind of... a a Tebow Tebow type player. Like he'd have to have the perfect quarterback like he did at Mississippi state. He'd have to have a Dak type guy to help him get to a conference championship again. So I don't totally disagree with you that they might it's it's, it depends on what you want. I don't think if your goal is national championship, I don't think Mullen will ever get you there. I think he will keep you to a, Okay, program or competitive, yeah, competitive in the division, especially in the East. Like, it's as of right now, it's basically Georgia. Yeah, it's Georgia, and then you have, and then literally, there's everybody else, and you have teams like Tennessee who maybe like are getting to be uh, on the dangerous scale. I think Tennessee's arc right now is better than Florida's after this. I do. I definitely do. So I love it. I don't know, listeners. Give us your takes on Dan Mullen. Yeah. This this week after listening to this, send us a message, give us a call, let us know what you think. That'll be one we'll have to keep our eyes on throughout the rest of the season till the end of the season. Trujillo, do you want to go in and kind of dive into the Tennessee Georgia game this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, kind of the story of Tennessee season. We looked really good in the first half. Um, started off really hot, drove down the field, scored, got up seven zero. Look good. Um, but, I mean, we just got outmanned. 
They have once they get their defense just kind of rolling, they start putting their offense in good spots. They start kind of just getting easy scores, and they can just run it up on you quick through their defense. So I mean, Georgia's a, a damn good team. Tennessee looked better, I think, than years past, and I believe they put up the most points anyone has on Georgia this year, 17, which isn't a whole lot, but I mean... Most points and I think most yards, too. Yeah, so there's some positives. Moral victory. I I always hate to take those, but hey, Heupel's got something going. Once we get a full team, full guys in there that... um, I mean, we, we have no depth. We lost so many players in the transfer portal, so... We need bodies, and uh, hopefully Hypel gets a nice recruiting class in. And then uh, I've heard a lot of news, or a lot of noise, excuse me, uh, about the transfer portal for the Vols. A lot of all Twitter, um, and some pretty... All like, Twitter is very noisy. Yeah, I mean, they are noisy, but some pretty reputable sources have been constantly uh, rapping on that Hypel's going to be big in the transfer portal. So who knows what will happen there. That's really all, all I can really talk about at this point for this game is Tennessee's future because, yeah, we thought, hey, we, we maybe got a chance, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they are probably the best team in college football. Put up a good fight. Now uh, on to South Alabama. It wasn't an ugly game. No. And like, the, Tennessee didn't get clowned. No, not at all. No, and the the score was a little bit like further apart than the game actually was. It was a little bit closer than I think the score was. It, it wasn't close, but... It reminded me of the Alabama game. I think it was very similar. Yeah. And the fact offense made a few play- offense made a few more plays in the Alabama game, but I don't think that Tennessee's defense was even the problem in no, those two games. I don't think so. I think just like the Alabama game where Tennessee's defense comes out and gets two stops right away to start the half, did the same thing in the Georgia game. Hey, you're only down a touchdown. Uh, actually, what was the score at halftime? Was it seventeen ten Georgia, or was uh, it twenty? Yes, it might have been remember. twenty. E- either way, to stay in the game, basically, uh, you knew Georgia was going to get the ball. So you said, "I remember saying to myself, if Georgia scores on this opening possession, it's over." Tennessee defense comes out. I think it's a three and out, or at least stops them. Georgia punts the ball away to Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Tennessee offense. Do something. You're an offensive team. Do something. And they don't score. And they did it a couple times in the second half. You you weren't totally out of it, and the defense yeah. was stopping them. If the defense stopped them at all in the second half, I consider that a victory because you at least have a chance. But the offense didn't capitalize on it. You didn't score a touchdown until the very end of the game where I wouldn't label it quite as a garbage touchdown, but it just didn't It didn't matter. Yeah, Like, I don't think Georgia's defense wasn't trying, but, again, it didn't – if we – if we scored and it didn't really have an impact on what the rest of the game was going to do because it was yeah. so late. But I don't know. I think, and this is probably too early to talk about this, but I think when Vol fans look back on the season, you can label it a success, especially for a year one. You know, you lose you lose uh, five games in the regular season. One of them you hope, or one of them you think if, if Hooker's playing early, you know, that pick game, you think maybe, hey, maybe we win that one. Hey, at least you got a coach that's willing to switch up the system if it's not working. We saw that work out. Then two of the other four losses are to top two teams. Well, and another one is the infamous referee game, trash on the field. Like, 
What right. if, what if you have a different right. officiating crew? And then yeah. the other one is to a Florida team that you think, hey, if we played them, two two of your losses, Florida and Pitt, you think if we play them again right now, we, we beat, beat them. them. Yeah, for sure. Ole Miss, you could maybe make the argument, but that's I think that you play that game ten times, it shakes out, you know, fifty fifty probably. Yeah, most of the time. But you know, I I think. You are competitive, and I think that's what a lot of ball fans wanted to see. Yeah. I think Heupel did exactly what everyone wanted him to, and it's, hey, we're going to win six or seven games like a lot of people probably didn't think we were going to. And against the very top echelon of teams, we fought. We gave it a yeah. shot anyway. So, And I know, Will, you don't like moral victories, but I think if you're a Tennessee fan, this is definitely – this game and the season is definitely a moral victory. Like, they've done, Tennessee has done things this year that I don't think anybody saw coming. And they just look very well coached. They obviously don't have the depth or the studs, the four or five stars all over the field, but they play hard. They don't give up. And they, for the most part, do a lot of the little things right. They tackle in space. They don't make a lot, they don't shoot themselves in the foot a lot. So I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you're really excited about the next few years. We're watching Monday night right now, and San Francisco just made a butt interception. He caught it on his butt. That was insane. Flag. Uh, yeah, it looks like there may have been some pass interference, but nonetheless, y'all are going to have to look for that catch on SportsCenter or something because he literally tipped it up in the air, was lying on his side, and lodged the ball between his cheek and his hand for the catch. Mm. Crazy. Quite the hand-cheek hand combo. A dangerous one in the world of football. That that's was incredible. Incredible. That's, that's really That's really yeah. a gooch catch really? a gc <laughs> a gc oh didn't even touch the ground I hope, he's, I hope he's wearing a cup honestly. somebody better check his g for s stick him <laughs> or spider tack yeah wow incredible but will i mean honestly tennessee played really well uh and nick sorry but will and i color casted the game and commentated it I think Tennessee had a good game plan. Hooker had some nice runs in the first quarter. It was really working. The but design quarterback runs it, were really It was working. working early, but then they just kept doing it, and it was a little too much. And Will and I talked about it. Cedric Tillman is a beast. He's incredible. They should have thrown the ball a little bit more. And it was the same thing with Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral ran all over the field on the off-schedule scramble-type plays. And Stetson Bennett, who knew he was – Quite the athlete. He had mm. some off-schedule runs that really just gassed it's him. Every single team, uh, oh. like somehow their quarterback becomes athletic and runs on I, it's I will say this, because I'm not a big fan of Stetson Bennett. Like, I, like, he does everything he's asked to do, so I respect that about his game. But when he would take off and run, that dude is shifty. Like, he – and I, you can say whatever you want about Tennessee's tackling ability or whatever – that dude was putting some moves on out there, and White you do not chocolate. expect that from yeah. You do not expect that from a guy like him. Anyway, I I think yeah. All in all, Tennessee put up a good fight. Georgia did good, obviously. I think for this for Tennessee to have a real shot, Hinden Hooker was going to have to have one of his best games of the season, and he didn't play bad, but he definitely missed. There were some yeah, easy throws those, that he missed. Yeah, that's one of those games where you have to play. Almost perfect. You at least ball. have to you have yeah. to make the easy throws. You can't if you if you aren't making the easy stuff, you're not going to have a chance. And that's no. kind of what it came down to for me anyway. Positive note for Tennessee: dark mode uniforms, still cool, still cool, still cool. 
I had no problem with him wearing it either. Some people didn't like it, but I had no problem with it. No, I think it's kind of like the Smoky Grays. You got a big game, suit up. Suit up. You don't have to do it every time, but hey, players like it. Ton of recruits were going to be there. You got to yeah. sprinkle it in. You got 100,000 people going nuts. You, it's a night you're, game. You're oh, a recruit. Well, mid-afternoon. Mid-afternoon. You're a recruit. You see those guys walk out in the dark mode jerseys. That's probably, you're probably like, man, this is pretty sick over here. Might want to come play for this guy. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah. You know if you're a recruit and you're going on a visit, the first uniform you want to put on when you take your Instagram pictures, dark mode. Yeah, for sure. All right, Reese, let's kick it over to you. Uh, you want to talk about that kind of painful uh, A&M yeah, Ole Miss painful. game? I will say real quick, I really thought A&M was going to win this game. I'll just let you break it down for us. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely had a lot of hope that A&M would win this game. I said it last week, and I said it you know, all weekend leading up to the game. This was a game where our strengths, both, both teams, and I'll give credit to Ole Miss, our strengths matched up against each other. So A&M... Really good run defense, really good pass defense. Ole Miss, high-powered offense, both running and passing. Um, but I think, I thought before the game that Texas A&M had a, let me make my flow chart here. I thought Texas A&M would have a better offense than Ole Miss. You know, so Ole Miss's offense and Texas A&M defense, they offset. And I thought A&M's offense would have the edge over the Ole Miss defense, giving us the win. Does that make sense? It does. I hope it does. But that's what I thought leading up to the game, and I was confident in it. You know, we've had all that momentum, starting with the huge win over number one Alabama like a month ago, and then we've won every single game since. Um, beat Auburn last week. So I was very hopeful, but, you know, I didn't get to watch the game a lot, unfortunately. I was at the Predators hockey game. You know, I don't get a chance to go to many of those, so of course I took the opportunity. Shout out Thomas, shout out airport guy. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bummer, dude. I, I was checking the game, the score app, and A&M just could not do anything on offense. And one of the, the thing that sums it up for me, I saw a comment on Instagram about the A&M offense and live by the calzone and die by the calzone. The Cuban Missile just... That he, sounds about right. He didn't have it. And it was it was just a bummer. Wow, we're we're watching this Rams game. Matthew Stafford is doing silly things, but yeah. And you know, a thing that I talked about when Auburn came to Kyle Field and Alabama came to Kyle Field, and I think it actually made a difference on this relatively young A and M team. I mean, it's like half and half. Half are starter half have been stars previously, half are not. This was Texas A and M's first true road game. They go to Ole Miss at night, college game day, game of the week, and, you know, call it what you want. It is still a hostile environment. I know Ole Miss isn't that intimidating of a stadium, but when you have a solid team in division rival, I guess you could say. It's still a full stadium, too. Yeah, it's still it? a full stadium, yeah. you know, about 70,000 people. Texas A&M hasn't played a true road game unless you want to talk about Missouri earlier this year. They haven't played one up until this point, and I think that actually made quite the difference, you know. A&M has to make a long flight, play in a hostile environment, and you know we we just didn't hold up. And now all of us Aggies just, you know, it sucks. Our our hopes for the SEC championship possibly in the playoff are done, but you know we can still have a good season. Say we win out, go to a bowl game, win that, we're ten and three, ten win season, big recruiting class coming up. I I, I mean there's still a lot to be happy about, but it. It is very painful. It was such a bummer. 
And just to like not be as competitive as we could be. Sorry, long uh, diatribe by me there, but that's about it. No, yeah, and I think yeah, Jimbo's got it trending up. Absolutely, in the game. I mean, absolutely. You're getting you're getting better. Was his first year COVID year? Or was he there the year? No, 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 no. Actually, he's been there a while because he, he was there when like fourth Tyrell season. was yeah. there. Yeah. No, it's third or fourth. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I love Jimbo. Yeah, I, don't know I love Jimbo, and we are. I mean, obviously, you want to win all the games you can. Should have won this one, you know, if you're an Aggie fan. But we're definitely on the upward trend, and you have hope. Absolutely, have a lot of. You're hope. getting better, absolutely. and you're already kind of good. That's what's even oh, more fun. Exactly. Once we get like, you know, and I'm not going to talk bad about Calzada. He's he's a legend forever now, and we can hang the season on. Hey, we took down number one Bama. That does not happen very often. No. So we can hang it on that. But I think if we get a big-time quarterback, obviously you could say this about every school, but once we get that, you better watch out, world, because we're coming. But congratulations, Ole Miss. You know, whatever. I hate you. (laughs) Real quick. Oh yeah, Crucial. but I have a oh, take. Sorry, I have ahead. a take about this. Go yeah, kind of opposite side of that game. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. What's your take, Lane Kiffin? Yeah. So, is this talking about Lane Kiffin? Is this the best type of season? I think. What is Ole Miss? They're eight and two now. Sorry, I should have been more prepared with this Ole Miss thing. Yeah, they're eight and two, four and two in the SEC. They've lost Auburn and Alabama, I think. So. I don't know who they have on their schedule for the rest of the year, but I don't think they have any hopes of going to the SEC championship. But is this the best type of season that Lane Kiffin could have at Ole Miss? Has Is there much more of a pinnacle that he could have at Ole Miss? I, I don't know, and I'm asking this because there's a nice job opening up. right. It is open right now in Louisiana. And you know Lane Kiffin, he has zero loyalty to anybody. Do you think that Lane Kiffin thinks to himself, well, I don't know if I can really do much more here in Mississippi. Would I jump ship and go to LSU? I think Lane Kiffin will stay until Arch Manning commits commits somewhere. Hmm. He's waiting on that glorious QB, that once-in-a-lifetime QB, to fall in your lap to bring you to a national championship. And he's at a school that... One of the few schools that has ties to the Manning family. So he, you saw what they did for Eli and when Arch was there, how they put Manning on the end zones. I think Lane kind of, he he is doing things now, but he has his vision three or four years ahead already. What if Lane is just, he's like texting Arch every night and he's like, He hey, probably is. Hey, I love you. He's like, hey, if you're going to LSU, just let me know because then I'll go to LSU. Yeah. I mean, he probably <laughs> that, he, that, honestly that, he could we joke, but that could be happening. That could be happening. So that's I don't my know. Take. I mean, y'all talk to me. Obviously, I'm biased, and I think Texas A&M is definitely on the upward trend. Like Alabama can't last much longer, and I think Texas A&M is that next man up. I don't see Ole Miss being that one because no, I don't because you know, I mean, I just don't see Ole Miss being the hot topic for recruiting in the country. And I, I mean, there think, are they do have a lot of recruits in the state of Mississippi. I'll give yeah, but that. you also have Mississippi State, and you have LSU, you have Auburn, Alabama. They're all right next to you. Like, well, here's here's the argument. So, say say Lane doesn't go to LSU, if LSU's not 
winning nine games, ten games or whatever, there's a lot of recruits that are going to say, I'm going to go to Ole Miss. They're they're better. They're winning more. They've got something going. Lane Kiffin's a cool guy to yeah. go play for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's a good point. I just don't – I don't see Ole Miss being that perennial conference championship contender. No, and I, I, don't, I, really I don't, don't either. Because even after Nick Saban leaves at some point, you know, Bama's still going to be up there. And I think LSU has a better foundation for a contender in that division. And, like I said, Lane Kiffin has zero loyalty. So I'm just kind of hypothetically creating something that could happen. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, especially if Lane left, then yeah. But even if, if LSU just got the right coach, they'll jump back into oh, right back. West contention right away. Like, it won't be hard. Yeah. It, LSU won't even have a rebuild, really. I think if they got the right coach in there next year, they'll win, like, eight games for sure. Yeah. And I guess, you could, cons- I guess you could consider that a rebuild for LSU. It's a rebound. 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 Yeah, yeah, I like that. Rebound over rebuild. Anyways, something interesting to watch. I guess I do actually like the Arch Manning, uh, you know, feather in there. Like, what will he do and what what, what type of that, effect, what if, what what type if, of effect does that have on What if Arch Manning is recruiting Lane Kiffin? Ooh, that could be it. No, Archie would be recruiting Lane Kiffin for Arch. What I can see it. Wait, quick know. math. Wait. Well, which is the dad? Which one's the dad? Archie. Archie. Is, oh, yeah. Archie is the granddad. You know, yeah. yeah. Cooper well, okay. is the dad. Cooper. Yes, but Archie has all the clout. You know Archie is the ringleader of that, that Manning clan. That is true. Clan. He, is the, he is the Papa Bear of so, the Manning so clan. So Arch, the His high schooler. His is worth millions. That's right. Yeah. Ar- <laughs> Arch, he's he's a stud. Arch is standing behind his dad or his whatever. The, the dad of the family, Archie, and he's and Archie's like, hey, you want my grandson to come play for you? Well, we want to go. We want to be in Louisiana. You come here. So There you go. I don't know. However, was, though, but Archie's an Ole Miss alum, so he probably yeah. wants him to go to Ole Miss. The, the, family the, ties, the family ties are at Ole Miss. I think the front runners for Arch are Ole Miss and LSU personally. That's, yeah. that's what I think because I think Texas was on well, there. And yeah, we didn't like, talk about that, but it's not them anymore. It's just not them. Yeah, they lost to Kansas in case y'all missed out on that two-point conversion. Kansas gets it. Good for Kansas. Happy Love for Kansas. It. Kansas, it's hilarious, especially as an Aggie, to watch TU lose to Kansas like that. I'm sure. I can see that. It's hilarious. Especially, then they're going to come and play in the SEC soon. Like, hey, man, you can't beat Kansas. Good luck over here. And that's college football. Well... We do have one more college football team to talk about, Reese. Uh oh. Um, the Presbyterian Blue Hose. H O S E. Oh, man. Another bad week for the Blue Hose. They lose to the Marist Red Foxes, 57 32. The who? The Marist or Marist? No, I think it's Marist. Yeah, Marist. Yeah, Marist Red Foxes. Uh, Ren Heffley, Presbyterian's quarterback. 350 yards, three touchdowns, but an ugly four picks. Four picks. That dude's going to have gaudy stat numbers. Yeah, he, his stat numbers are going to be insane. Um, that stout Presbyterian defense uh, let Austin Day throw for 265 and four, and then pretty much, yeah, every player 
they had one, two, three, four players with more than 25 yards rushing, so everybody was running all over Presbyterian. Not good. Uh, one piece of good news, still no punts, um, so that's huge there. Love to see a game with no punts, so Presbyterian keeps that streak alive. They're playing St. Thomas, Minnesota here uh, this Saturday, so another big game. Need to close out this season to get a dub to get uh, some of that recruiting momentum going. I actually know a guy who plays for St. Thomas. That's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Well, so good luck. Well, I don't know him. He's one of he's actually one of the lawyer's friends. So that's how I know him. Oh, I mean, nice. He was at the wedding. Well, oh, sorry, gotcha, man. Gotcha. I hope you lose. Nothing personal, but I'm we're a blue host we're blues blue host podcast. Yeah. yeah, we're blue host guys. Um, but. Real quick, want to give a quick update on the rankings. UGA number one, Bama two, Cincy three, Oregon four. Now this is AP, not college football yes. playoff. Yes, this is um, AP. I don't know. I like Cincy jumping up a little bit. I don't think the college football playoff committee will do that, but we'll see. Other than that, I'm fine with it. Ohio playoff. State might squeak so, in. So can you pull up the playoff rankings as of uh, last week, I yeah. guess? The playoff committee hates Cincinnati. They do. They hate them. Yeah. Here's the main problem I have. Because I think Cincinnati, if Cincinnati wins out, I think they'll get in because I think everyone around them is going to eat themselves alive. So I think the playoff committee will have to put them in as long as they're undefeated. And I think, here's the problem. Let's see. Let's see if I can. All these things have switch to the uh, AP. Here, let me see if I can find it real quick. I'll just cut this. I up. talked bad about Cincinnati on our color cast on Saturday, and a guy in the comments did like did not like that. He did not like it at all. I don't, I mean, yeah, I know Cincinnati's undefeated, but you know, I'm not impressed by their wins and by their team itself. I know they beat Notre Dame, but I don't think Notre Dame's very good. And I just don't see I don't see Cincinnati going toe to toe with Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama. I don't see it. I think they would get absolutely clowned. Did so, you think that last year though, when they played Georgia in yeah, the bowl game? I thought it before the bowl game. But they So then what'd you think afterwards? Well, they surprised me. <laughs> that that's all I'm saying is I know you can't But Georgia can't, they they like quit. I think they quit like before that game happened. No, I they don't believe that. They at didn't want to. If you watch, did you watch the game? I, no, because yeah, it was, okay. it was an no. ugly color matchup because both teams were wearing were black, black and, red. and red. It was gross. Okay, but no, that game. I'll tell you this much. And there were Georgia fans that were pumped about the one. They were, they were coming out saying, "Don't say bowl games don't matter," because people Georgia was pumped to win that game, and they came to play that game. I feel like Georgia had a lot of guys opt out of that game, though. I don't know. I feel like they had most of their guys playing. Anyway, my point is, it, whatever you think, even if you think they can't play with those guys, I just don't believe there will be a situation where someone deserves to go in over them. Because here's here's who you have in front of them. Let's You have Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. All makes sense. Well, here's where it gets kind of fishy, is right behind them you have Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. That rounds out the top 10. Oklahoma lost to Kansas. I think that automatically takes them out of contention. 
Because I also don't know... I guess you may have some wins, but I think a lot... Sorry, they didn't lose to Kansas. They lost to Baylor. Yeah. Do you think, a say, Oklahoma wins out, they would get a win over an Oklahoma State team that'll be a top-10 team Yeah. in a conference championship game? That's still on the table. Yeah, it is. However, you have Michigan, Michigan State, which, for some reason, Michigan is ranked ahead of Michigan State, the dumbest thing ever by the playoff committee. However, they're both going to have to play... So, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, they will, all but one of them, well, right? I think all but one of them will have to have two losses. Yes, because they all have uh, one loss right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. One of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if if that shakes out the right way for Cincinnati, because here's the thing. Say Ohio State does lose to Michigan. This is the year Michigan beats them. But then Michigan loses in the Big Ten Championship. Or Michigan State. There's so many things that can happen. And I just think Oregon, I I really just think Oregon's going to lose a game. That's just me just having a gut feeling on it. If they lose, they're out, and Cincinnati jumps right in. You're not going to take two Big Ten teams. No. And then you have Georgia, and then you might not even need that because Georgia-Alabama, if Alabama loses twice, you can't put them in. You just can't. No, you can't. Not with not with two losses. No, I don't think so. I don't think it happened. I think if, if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, then I think you probably end up yeah. with two SEC teams in there. Yeah, which is fine. you'd have to. So Cincinnati still has a really good chance to get in because I think all you need is basically Bama, Oregon, or Ohio State to lose. That is true. You just need one of them just to lose. Just one. Unless, unless Ohio State loses and then Michigan were to win out. Yeah. That's, that's really the only scenario where I oh. see them not getting in. However, unless they decide to let Oklahoma jump them. And I don't know if Oklahoma would have more wins, like more wins against top teams, because they will they they would have to have a win against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oklahoma State is another team who's eight and one. Who, if they want out, do they jump over Cincinnati? I don't know. But Notre Dame is up is the only other one in the conversation, and they obviously you can't put Notre Dame in after. I mean, Cincinnati beat mm-hmm. them we're at do, Notre Dame. Yeah. We're doing a lot of math here. Yeah, I know. This is—I mean—it's playoff season. It is. This That's, is what we this do. is what happens. You have to yeah. go through all the scenarios. But I think, real quick, I think I have to revert, do a, a switchity do reverse take on me not liking Cincinnati because at the very beginning of our podcast, the first episode or maybe the second, I elevated Cincinnati from dark horse to playoff participant. So Cincinnati, I like you. I hope you make it. There you go. That was easy. Get the easy button back. Um, Staples. While we're talking about rankings real quick, unless, Will, did you have something else to say? No, no. Okay, while we're talking about rankings here real quick, why don't we each... So I have the top four Heisman uh, contenders from FanDuel. So these odds uh, can change a little bit, but these are the FanDuel odds. Why don't we each pick out of these four here? (coughs) Um, 
who is your Heisman winner as of right now? So I'll go first. We have C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker, and Matt Corral, and that is in order. C.J. Stroud plus one twenty-five, Bryce Young plus two fifty, Kenneth Walker plus four fifty, and Matt Corral plus seven fifty. I say Kenneth Walker is the value and pick here. I, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure for value. Yes. Value wise, um, and that's how that's how I'll attack uh, my pick at least value wise. I think Kenneth Walker is the pick here. You get. Um, some extra or not as bad um, juice on it, so you get those uh, good odds there. I'd take Kenneth Walker. Michigan State has uh, the opportunity to beat some big teams. They're playing Ohio State, and um, he's gonna he controls his own destiny. I feel like to win the Heisman if he has two huge games down the stretch here. Well, he already has the he he basically has his Heisman moment he with getting game, with yeah. getting what five touchdowns against Michigan. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean that that alone should put him. In good standing, I think. Uh, but yeah, he has a chance. They're they're going to play Ohio State. And yeah. They're going if they do that and win, they're going to play in a Big Ten championship. Similarly to him, C.J. Stroud is going to play Michigan State. He's going to play Michigan, and he's going to play the Big Ten championship. So I think those two guys have the best chances to prove themselves. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young. Obviously, they're going to play in the SEC championship most likely. So he has that. But I don't know. I I I would personally, as of right now, uh, I don't know what Kenneth Walker's like rushing yards are. I just know he he he's top five in the country. Okay, I was gonna say he definitely. Or actually, sorry to cut you off. He's no, number one, one thousand four hundred seventy three yards on the season. With what three three games left? Two. Yep. Yeah. Oh, just two. I think. Yeah, two games. Two regular Did they play? season games. Do they play they Ohio have, they State have some, already? They have somebody, and then they have the Iron Bowl. No, they couldn't have played Ohio State already. Who? Michigan State. We're talking about Michigan State oh, here. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Alabama. Sorry. Got football on the brain. When does Michigan State and Ohio State play? I'll Google it. Um, I believe I'm pulling it up here. Uh, they play next week. Okay. There we go. And then they play uh, Penn State as well. Okay. So two games left. I mean, you're likely to have over 1,600 rushing yards, and I don't even know how many touchdowns. He has 17 touchdowns on the ground right now, one receiving. Okay, so 18 mo- total. Most likely going to have over 20 touchdowns, 20 or more, and over 1,600 rushing yards. Pretty good stat line. He's averaging six and a half yards per carry. That's he has good. A, he has a long rushing touchdown of 94 yards. Yeah, that's good. I would if I was handing it out today, I'd give it to him just because I think he's been the most consistent. I think yeah. outside of the Nebraska game, he's pretty much balled out every single game. I, I would go ahead. I was just gonna give my take. Go for I it. would want Kenneth Walker to win. I think he's the most deserving. But I'm gonna call it right now, Bryce Young is going to win. Bryce Young. Book it. I think Alabama mm. is going to win next week, whoever they're playing. Then they're going to go to the Iron Bowl, beat Auburn. I'm not so sure about the conference championship playing Georgia. It's going to be tough. But I think right because if, if if Bama loses, I feel like that he's not going to win. Like if he wins that game, then he has a really good chance of winning it. But if they don't, yeah. But I have I a weird feeling that Bama is going to win out, and if they do, it's the entire world will know that Bryce Young will win. Yeah. So that's my take. I, I want like Kenneth it. Walker on the record. To win, but I don't think it will happen. 
Yeah. And, I mean, if, if Ohio State wins out, Bama doesn't win out, C.J. Stroud's going to be... I think it really is a toss-up. And I think this year, I mean, the fact that Stroud and Young are freshmen, correct? Yeah. Classified as freshmen anyway. And then you have a running back as the next front guy. It's not star-studded like it usually is. You don't have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and all these guys in there making a chance for, or, you know, Devontae Smith. Guys who have been there and already proven themselves year after year. Mm-hmm. It's just different this year. And I've, I've seen people say that this year the Heisman doesn't seem as important or carry as much clout. Not that, I mean, that should matter to any of those guys. I mean, yeah, they would win the Heisman. Heisman. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's where I stand right now. I, if I was handing it out today, I'd give it to Kenneth Walker. But I think they all have will be able to see it play out. I yeah. think it'll be obvious before New York rolls around who's going to win it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we had one last thing quickly to talk about before we close college football. Jimmy Lake out at Washington in the middle of the season. Um, we are talking about – it just kind of seems a little bit early. This is second season. Um, always love to talk about a coach getting fired in the middle of the season, though. Kind of crazy. I don't know. What do you think, Will? Washington out that quick? I mean, yeah, I, I guess. What's the record? Do we know? Four and five, I believe. I guess you hand it over to the interim and gives you a head start. Yeah. If you're not, you're not really playing for anything besides maybe a bowl berth. I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with it. You might as well get ahead and do it. What's the point in waiting till the end of the season? Yeah. Just get the momentum if you think it's the right move especially because you know other other teams will be firing their coaches so mm-hmm. this gives you a head start on maybe who you want to get maybe you can get them before someone else starts poaching them and there was some controversy with jimmy lake already this season because he like shoved one of his players yeah there's already some weird stuff going on so kind of makes sense but kind of weird though that washington you know within the past five years was a relative contender for the playoff they made the playoff one year i think yeah what was it 2016 yeah and so now look at them crumbling weird it happens fast man um but why don't we uh jump into the nfl thursday night dolphins beat the ravens 22 to 10 that dolphins defense looked incredible i mean lamar he didn't know what was going on throwing picks um two ended up coming in Brissett got hurt, and then uh, the Dolphins coach actually had Tua stay in the game, told him to go in, even though Brissett was clear to come back because he liked what he saw. So, interesting. Is Tua back? Who knows? I I don't know. I mean, congratulations to the Dolphins and Tua, but I still think Tua isn't any good. But, hey, a win is a win, so maybe he is back. But he just gets injured way too much. But I don't know if that's on him or you know his fragile body or – a Dolphins offensive line. Rough. But interesting thing from this game. So you said the Dolphins defense played really well. The Dolphins showed zero blitz on like 40 snaps in that game. So they had literally almost every guy except for the guys on the outside covering the receivers. They had every guy lined up in the box showing zero blitz. And they I don't think they ever zero blitz, but it was crazy because they showed it every time. And that might be a formula to beat this running stout running attack from the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see. I thought it was really cool, but we'll see if other teams uh, do the same thing. 
What do we think about the Cowboys, though? Poor Art Smith. They bounce back. They this, was, Lord. this was such yeah. a get-right game. Last week, Atlanta wins a close one against New Orleans, and the Cowboys get beaten down after their bye week by Denver. I would have... If I was a betting man, I would have bet the bank on the Cowboys to beat up on the, the Dirty Birds this week. And look at that. They did. Dak and Prescott and CeeDee Lamb had huge games. Did Trayvon Diggs have another interception? He did. He did. Back to his old ways. Yeah. After after getting kind of clowned in the Denver Broncos game, he got beat a couple times. He came back and is still uh, number one in interceptions in the league. Good for him. Um, and then we have the Patriots destroying the Browns, forty-five to seven. Baker got hurt. Are the Browns done? I believe they're. What are they? Five and five or five and four now? Something like that. But I would say yeah. yes, they are done. And the Patriots look really good. Yeah, they they have gotten better just about every week. I think. Yeah, I like the Patriots. I mean, I, do I too. think they're going to have a. I mean, chance with the AFC kind of how it's shaken up right now to squeak in with the wild card spot, especially now that there's three wild cards. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how everything finishes up. There were so many people when Brady and Belichick split up that wanted to see, all right, so who was carrying who? And yeah. a lot of people were quick to jump on, well, it looks like Brady's the goat. He's going, wins another Super Bowl. It's all him. Maybe they're both just really good at yeah. what they do. <laughs> I think you're right about that. I, what Belichick is doing with Mac Jones, I'm like Mac Jones is good, and but he's, he's proving to be one of yeah. the better quarterbacks in uh, the rookie class. Nobody thought this good, but of yeah, a performance I, at least. I, I think this is a testament to Belichick knowing how to coach young quarterbacks and coach defense and make make the job easier for a young quarterback. Well, the Patriots definitely had a little bit of a ace up their sleeve because they had a lot of COVID opt-outs last season. Correct. Last season, you throw it away. You had Cam Newton. It didn't work. A bunch of guys opted out. And then, okay, I'm not shocked that the Patriots are doing this, honestly. I'm really not. All those opt-outs are back now. Their defense is stout. You go out and you sign Matthew Judon, who is having an unreal season, probably one of the best free agent signings all year. And then you get Hunter Henry and a couple other guys the Patriots, I think, spent the most money in an offseason ever. They spent like $140 million. So I'm not surprised at all that the Patriots are successful right now. Robert Kraft was ready to uh, roll out the Brinks truck. Yeah, and he, and he sure did. So I I don't I, – I do think the Browns are done. They have a relatively tough remaining schedule, and they're really banged up. But uh, they're done this season. I'm not saying that, you know – Done for good, but like, out like, this season. Yeah, I think next year you know, they could be. They still have a great defense and everything. You know. Yeah, on, so on I think pa- they have on, the right pieces on yeah. paper. They they look good, but you know they're banged up and whatever. But Patriots, not surprised that they're really good. They're very dangerous. Agreed. Um, we got the Lions and Steelers finishing an ugly tie. Uh, Lions kicker misses the field goal, forty-seven yarder, and then um, was it? The I know it was the tight end, but the for the Steelers he fumbled at the last second, um, which didn't give Chris Boss uh, worth the chance to kick the game-winning field goal. And uh, what a disgusting game, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, Pratt, was it Pat Fryermuth? Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, that was. I love a tie though. As long as it's not the Titans, I love a tie. It's so funny. Gotta love a tie. Um, well, we, I just hate it for the Lions. 
you're yeah. 0 and 8 and then you get a Well, hey, but at least like, they're not the oh. first team ever to go 0 and 17. Yeah. True. And also just having that one at the end of your record is just really funny to me. And it's just going to throw a wrench into the entire playoffs that the Steelers, you know, end up being in the hunt. Right. That'd yeah, definitely funny. will. Um, we were talking about how well Belichick has done. Brady has a rough day against Washington. Um, but also a bad thing to come out of it, Chase Young torn ACL too. So Chase while they got the one, uh, got the W, sucks to see uh, one of their best defensive players, young uh, star, get hurt like that. Washington FedEx Field is where ACLs go to die. And, well, other body parts too. Yeah. Alex Smith, Chase Young, RG3. I'm sure there's some others. There's probably others. I, I want to say Joey Bosa got injured on that field, too. But, uh, yeah, congratulations, football team, knocking off the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers did the same thing last year where they, you know, they started off pretty hot. Um, they had a, you know, lull in the middle of the season, and they got hot at the end of the season and rode it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I don't think people are counting out the Bucs, but not, not something you would have expected after watching Washington play the past few weeks. No. Taylor Heineke. Back goat. Um, speaking of another goat, Cam Newton, Panthers crushed the Cardinals 34-10 while P.J. Walker was out there. Uh, Cam Newton scored two touchdowns. Pretty impressive. Good for Cam. That yeah. was a that was awesome to see. And they're talking about bringing him back as the starter um, and getting him ready, so that'll be exciting. Also, the fact that I said this to Reese, and I can't say that I came up with it. I saw it on Twitter. I mean, I thought of it, but I didn't ever put it to paper. Oh, you don't have to tell them the, that. The fact that, uh, <laughs> the fact that Cam is coming in to replace the replacement. For the replacement's replacement. For the replacement for his replacement, I think is really cool. Yeah. It's like the water cycle. The yeah. water starts in the sky, falls down to the ground, goes into the streams, evaporates, goes back into the sky. Cam Newton, call him Mr. Water Cycle. I like that. I like it, too. Um, we have Russ Wilson returning for Seattle. No good against Green Bay. That defense no. um, looked unreal. Low-scoring game, though. Didn't really expect that. Um, Aaron Rodgers is really pissing me off in my fantasy league. Every now and then he'll do okay, but he has these games where he where? throws for like 300 yards and then he won't throw a touchdown. Yeah. I'm like, dude. That is really weird. And A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones will run it in. He had like 11 points. And it's like, dude, you you threw for 300 yards. You should be having like 20 points. Come on. Help me out here. It sucks. Yeah, Um, Russell Wilson did not look good. This was actually Russell Wilson's first shutout of his career. God. He's played 150 games, and this was the first time a Russell Wilson team has ever been shut out. I thought that was crazy. Rough for Russell Wilson. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, tough. Maybe he's still banged up. The finger could still be hurting. He, he calls himself Mr. Unlimited. He looked very limited uh, yesterday. So I'm sure he'll be okay. But Seahawks, they're not it, Chief. You're not that guy, pal. Um, someone who bounced back, though, and didn't have a bad week, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs Raiders. Uh-oh. Win 41-14. He's back, baby. Chiefs look like the Chiefs again. Not yeah. to overreact, but let's overreact. Chiefs are back in the hunt. Uh, I'm going to say it. Chiefs are back in the hunt. The offense is humming. Defense looked good throws again. like five touchdowns. I don't know what the record is, but I'm sure it's fine. They're a contender. 
no matter what. You got yeah. Patrick Mahomes on your team. You get on a little roll. They're back to being a contender. I'm not counting them out, but I don't think a win. Okay, well, I will say this. They I'm just saying they, it was the first week they actually looked like themselves that's true. in a long time. That's true. But a win over this Raiders team, and we all know about this Raiders team, John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, blah, 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 whatever else. It's not it's not the most impressive thing in the world. But the Chiefs did look really good, I will say. I'm not counting them out, but still, it's the Raiders. I think the Chiefs have gotten – they won two games where they didn't even look good, and then they come out and they finally do look good. So basically, you survived like your lull. Now you look like you're back in rhythm. Can you ride this and yeah. just be yourself again? We'll see. We'll see. I, I think they'll do it, but I obviously understand others not – being quite ready to say they're back to their old ways. Well, and honestly, I mean, the AFC, it's not really locked down. I'm not going to be biased and say the Titans have it locked, locked up. Down. But all besides the number one seed Titans, all those other playoff spots up in the air. Correct. So Chiefs definitely have a shot. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But Raiders, God. Derek Carr had two of the most boneheaded throws I've ever seen. He just in the fourth quarter was just getting hammered in the backfield and he was getting wrapped up and on two separate occasions is like launching the ball into orbit. He threw it high and far. It was almost like a punt. One of them got picked off, the other one somehow landed untouched, but it was a bad look for Derek Carr. Bad look for Thomas Swafford who loves Derek Carr. Bad bad look. Let's let's roll into the we'll cover Titans Saints game real quick. You know what I love about this? If you're if you're a Titans fan, you played okay. You didn't play that good, but guess what? You still won. That's right. That's that's such a good feeling. And I, you didn't play bad. You had the lead almost the entire game. I think the Saints were up six zero, six three, something yeah. like that. Titans score the first touch or their first touchdown and take the lead and. Basically, we're in the lead the rest of the game. And even when the Saints... So, the, the Saints went for two to uh, what would have tied the game. After missing two extra points. Yes, after missing two extra points. And when they were going for two, they, they actually got a penalty, so it backed them up even farther. But before that, I was thinking to myself, we're not going to... This team, you're not letting them in yeah, on the no. two-point conversion. Even no, if it was no. two or three yards out. This Titans team, they don't let people in on plays like that. They've just proven... They're battle-tested for sure, and I think it was Bayard even said after the game, you know, we don't necessarily want to keep winning games like this. Like, we want to just put people away and be able to do it, like, just finish it and move on to the next week. But it definitely helps for when you do get into situations like this because you're prepared, you've done it, you're calm and cool and collected. It ain't always pretty, but it's beautiful. Yep. No, I mean, actually... Congratulations to Jack Rabbit Jenkins, who actually saved saved, saved the game on that two pointer. He did. He he's had a rough go, I would say, is out of position. It seems like more than he should be, but he made a really nice play on that two point conversion and stopped the pass from being caught by Mark Ingram. And I tell you what, Jayon Brown got burned, not burned, but he got beat a couple times by Mark Ingram. It wasn't a good look, but nevertheless, Titans win. I have like a million stats loaded up for the Titans. Um, just because I'm impressed by them and I love it. More sacks for Harold Landry and Jeff Simmons. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Fulton locked down too. Oh yeah, Fulton. Oh, 
Wait till I get to his stats. But y'all, y'all keep talking while I look at these. But Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, guys, they are combined this year through 10 games, 16 sacks and 89 quarterback pressures. Just the two of them. They have 16 sacks. Last year as a team, we had like 18 or 19. They're a nightmare in the middle for sure. That's insane. They're kind of like the Bash Brothers or something. The Bash Bros. But then you also had – I'm blanking right now. Who else did I – was I impressed? I like. I really like the way Foreman played. I think yeah, he runs hard. He, he runs hard. He runs well. And I think that's good to kind of – he looks like – Marcus might, Johnson was probably who you were thinking of. Marcus Johnson had a great game. Especially – 100 yards. Julio – Julio, what is? He, let's call it what it is. Julio is a disappointment. Certainly. Hopefully, he comes back I, and can make something happen. But as of right now, he is a disappointment. No, he definitely is. But I think it's the right decision to shut him down right now. I agree. It normally the IR stint I think is three weeks long. So what they're going to do is they have three weeks, but there's a bye week in there too. So it's technically a month. So I would rather shut him down right now, and maybe he will be a hundred percent for. End of the year playoffs, it, but definitely disappointment as of as of right now. I hope so because we saw in the Seahawks game. It's he not some, like he has it, some flash. It's not sure. like it's not like he's too old to. No, he be still good. will make plays. He still has it, but he hasn't been on the field enough for what you would have hoped. Getting a receiver like him, mm-hmm. you would have hoped mm-hmm. that he would have been clearly your number one or number two guy next to AJ Brown. But yeah, like like we were saying. Role guys are stepping up. Marcus Johnson, who was actually the story of training camp, going all the way back to the summer. 100 yards and, today. Yeah, never really got going until this game. Yeah. And I think it was a game he probably needed to say, like, okay, hey, I can do this. Like, I can yeah. get 100 yards in this league. So, that's good. Because I think AJ only had... He had, like, two catches. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe Didn't it was just one. Game. I thought it might have been one. Marcus yeah. Johnson literally, and we've talked about it, he embodies the next man up mentality of this team. He does. Like, when the running back by committee isn't really going that well, AJ's not doing great, you know, Jeff Swaim had a couple good catches, who are they going to feed the ball to that you don't expect? Marcus Johnson has 100 yards. I yeah. love it. And the Titans have been doing that all year. All year. Yeah. Just Next continues to happen. It, I, I Like, I watch all the press conferences for, for my work, and literally, I mean, honestly, reporters, they got to do a better job at thinking of some new questions because they ask that every single week about the next man up mentality. And I think mm-hmm. Rabel was even finally like, okay, y'all are like, we're saying the same thing every week. Like, you got to come up with something else. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything new, <laughs> which I, I was like, thank you. Because, yeah. yeah, it's annoying. I wouldn't want to answer the same question. Like, you over know, over again. The, yeah. the, this like answer isn't going to change. Like, we expect anyone who has a jersey to be able to go in and play. Look at example A. Dylan Cole comes in, like pull him up off the practice squad, yeah. comes in, causes a fumble on the ensuing kickoff of the second half, which basically won the game. Yeah, us, it was part of the game, honestly. Yeah. And he would, he'd been on the team like huge. not even a week. Yeah. Interesting stat. The Titans have used 82 players this year. The NFL record for a full season, 84 players. They'll break it. Yeah, we will. Something like well, yeah, we'll definitely have someone else play randomly. It's crazy. Ten weeks through the season, and they've used eighty-two players when the NFL record for a season is eighty-four. I know it's like by far the most in the league this year. Oh, by far. I've I've got some stats loaded up. I'm just scrolling through to find the right ones. The, the, but like every week, the national media hates the Titans for some reason. I don't understand it. But uh, oh, also, so the Titans 
Oh, gosh. We've beaten five playoff teams in a row from last year. Only one other team has done that, and that was the 2003 Philadelphia Eagles, who made it to the Super Bowl that year. So if you're doing that, Titans, good work. The Titans currently have 20 players on injured reserve, the most in the league. And they are the most injured team in the NFL, and they have the best record in the NFL, 8-2. and two. It's crazy how that's possible. That's a wild stat. Yeah, I mean, the Titans just continue to impress us. Also, here's Christian Fulton's stat that I was looking for. He was in coverage for 43 snaps against the Saints. They only targeted him once, and he broke up the pass. So he played 43 snaps and allowed zero catches. Christian Fulton, best corner. it sucked that he league. was on IR for a few weeks, but now he's back and he looks like he did before he got hurt. I'm just hoping this Titans team, once the playoffs roll around, everyone's ready to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Imagine Fulton back, Julio back, Derrick Henry back. Yeah. Possibly. Fingers crossed. Black Gosh. Magic, please. And let's just talk about it real quick. Keyshawn Johnson, I heard it this morning Ugh, on the radio. What a bum. Basically, Jay Williams was finally Called giving the Titans. Yeah. Well, Jay Williams was finally giving the Titans some praise. We get some national media saying, look at the Titans. They're doing it. They're eight and two. And Keyshawn Amelia is just like, like oh. they're not the real he goes, eight and two. He goes, well, they're not a real eight and two team. What? What are you talking about? Like, Jay Williams came out and was like, what do you mean? Like, they just yeah. beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, the like the the Rams, the, Rams? the, the Saints, you, all teams like, with winning records. They're six and zero against playoff teams from last year. What what else do you want them to do? God, I was like, Keyshawn, you're it's freaking, so lazy. You freaking old sack, like you dumbass. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? So lazy. Just a la- yeah. You don't know. That just tells me he hasn't watched any Titans game this year. He no. just doesn't respect the Titans as a yeah. you know as low budget, franchise. lower level franchise. So he's gonna say, oh, they're not a real eight and two team. Well, guess what? I'll. You can cause you can tell them they're not a real eight and two team all season, we're eight and, and two. we'll take we'll take the first round by when we're not a real thirteen and three team either, or yeah. whatever, thirteen and four. I'll Damn take right, that. baby! Gosh! Damn right! I, I mean, that it. got me fired up. I was so mad. I love it. During the Titans' five game win streak, they have thirty two points per game, ranked third in the NFL. They have a plus sixty point differential, tied for second in the NFL. They have a plus six turnover differential, tied for first, and red zone touchdown percentage eighty two point four percent in the red zone, first in the NFL. Dude, we're so 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 call us a not real eight and two team. <laughs> Suck on those stats, Keyshawn. We're we're two and zero without Derrick Henry. We don't even have Derrick Henry. Everyone's saying all the Titans are is Derrick Henry. We just won two games without him. We're two and zero. I mean, what what else are we supposed to do? We have the most injuries in we the played, NFL. We played the toughest schedule in the NFL with the most injuries. Yeah, yeah. We've and we've played the toughest schedule up to this point. Gosh, what an idiot! I'm Keyshawn. Yeah. Gosh, there's some terrible things I could say right now. I mean, like, what? Yeah, toughest schedule in the NFL, and you have the best record. What? What else does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What else could that? Yeah. Go back to USC, Keyshawn. Get your degree. Good lord. Yeah. Boom roasted. What Boom an idiot. Roasted. I tell you what, I mean, I could go on about the Titans all day, but that's it, folks. I mean, yeah, we're yeah, excited. Yeah. Haters keep hating. We don't give a F, and we're here. Also, two positives that I just love. Big Jeff is a beast. Seven and a half sacks so far this year in running for Defensive Player of the Year, in my mind. And also, Taylor Lewan, he played well. 
Taylor Lewan is good. Don't let Twitter fool yeah. you. Yeah, Taylor Lewan is fine. good. He's he's getting into his own. So Taylor Lewan is fine. If oh, you if you actually believe if you believe Lewan sucks, you just are carrying off Twitter from like his. I think he had like one bad game and then he was injured. So yeah. Chandler Jones went off on him, but that's not. Let's let's change. Can't, let's yeah. change that narrative. He's not, he's not bad. God, I love this team. We're good, man. We're good. Uh, but why don't we jump into next week? I'm going to run through the slate real quick all at once, and then you guys, why don't we uh, pick out maybe one each big uh, big thing coming yeah. up this bada next boom, week? Bada boom. Uh, so the big game of the week, number seven, Michigan State at number five, Ohio State. Then we have Wake Forest at Clemson. That's number 13, Wake Forest. Number 21, Arkansas at number two, Alabama. SMU at number three, Cincy. Number four, Oregon at number 24, Utah. Trap game. Nebraska at number 19, Wisconsin. And then we've got a couple of cupcake games, uh, but we had to throw in for A&M and Tennessee. I believe it's South Alabama and, and Prairie. Prairie View. Yeah, Prairie View. That's right. Um, I'll kick us off. I think Michigan State, I was talking about this earlier, but Kenneth Walker, Heisman, this is his finishing, maybe not finishing statement because we'll see what happens, but we, he already had his Heisman moment against Michigan, but I think he solidifies it with this game. Um, Penn State, he's not even going to need it after the performance he has. So that's my take for this upcoming week. It's going to be a huge game, and Michigan State's going to get the upset. I'm going to go with Ohio State on it. I don't have a – I truly don't care who wins this game. And I actually, I guess I would like Michigan State to win just instead of Ohio State, change up the narrative a little bit. But I just think Ohio State is another team who's gotten better each week. Stroud looks pretty good. I mean, even in a bad game against Nebraska where he threw two picks, he still threw for 400 yards. Um, and I think Ryan Day's just a better coach than Mel Tucker, although I think Mel Tucker's done an awesome job there. Yeah. Especially in his first two years, first year. This is his first year. I want to say this is his second year, but... It we, is, I think it is. I think it's his second year. Sorry. Um, we can confirm it. Um, Mel Tucker here. Yes, second year. Okay, yeah. Awesome for a second year uh, in the top 10 playing. I mean, having that as a game is a big deal. Uh, if Cincinnati is going to lose a game, this yes. is one that definitely sticks yep. out to you, this in the Houston game. SMU has a really good offense. It's kind of the best way to put it. So if they get in a shootout, and Cincinnati's been sleepwalking through their games a little bit, letting team like South Florida jumped out to a seven zero lead right away last yeah. week. They fumbled, and then I think Cincinnati fumbled the ball, and then South Florida actually fumbled on the next play and gave it right back to them. Uh, they so did. You, so you had a chance there to make that kind of a little more interesting than it was. Cincinnati's got to take care of business. I know SMU's not ranked at at one time. I know they were so. They're a good team, too. I'd say if they're not ranked, they're still like a top 30 team, honestly, with Tanner Mordecai and that offense moving. And then, obviously, I'm excited to see the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Scott Frost has uh, obviously firing a lot of his offensive staff. You've got a few guys in there who I think can do a good job. He put Ron Brown in as running backs coach, who's actually been a running backs coach at Nebraska before and kind of stays on staff as like a player personnel guy like very like super spiritual really good high character christian guy which i think i would love for them to just keep him as running backs coach he coached running backs when like amir abdullah rex burkhead roy halu jr were there all nfl yeah all nfl guys uh i mean part of that i think nebraska has the most 
Alabama may have passed it up, obviously, very recently. But before then, Nebraska had over 40 running backs drafted Jeez. into the NFL. I mean, so before Alabama, it truly was running back you, and Ron Brown was a big part of that. So I like, I'm excited to see how they do just with the new offensive staff, especially I assume Frost will be calling pretty much every play. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And talk about moral victories, this would just be a huge moral victory if they could come out and beat Wisconsin. Agreed. Reese, any games stick out to you? No, I just want to eat a bowl of chili and watch ball. I like it. That's all I want to do. It's that time of year. I love it. It's going to be nice and crisp. Chili chili season. Good porch game. It will be. Maybe just chilly enough to throw the space heater out there, Ooh. but you still want to be a little chilly. Just to, yeah. yeah. To bundle up. Um, but why don't we kind of run through the, the same format here with the NFL. Thursday night kicks us off with Patriots at Falcons. Uh, we got the Colts at the Bills. Bengals at the Raiders. Cowboys at the Chiefs. Cardinals at the Seahawks. Uh, we've got Steelers at the Chargers Sunday night, Giants down in Tampa Bay for Monday night, and then, of course, we do have the Titans and Texans um, division game as well. Uh, the- I'm, I'm really only interested in what your note is for the Cowboys-Chiefs game. McCarthy, monkey butt. Um, so I put down this note. Oh yeah, the McCarthy monkey butt. Something interesting that happened uh, this past weekend. So Mike McCarthy handed out bottles of monkey butt to motivate Cowboys ahead of the Falcons game, and boy did it work, as we saw the result. Um, but McCarthy, he has done some crazy stuff. He last year he turned to smashing watermelons to get yeah. um, the squad motivated before beating the Vikings. This year he brought in. Monkey butt. And what is monkey butt? It is anti-chafing powder. It's got a variety of different uses. For instance, if you're sore from, I don't know, getting your butt kicked like they did last week, mm. well, get yourself some monkey butt. That is a quote from Mike McCarthy. He told them we're going to kick the Falcons butt so hard they're going to need some anti-chafing powder. And uh, it rang true. So we'll see with Dallas traveling to Kansas City if uh, maybe he'll probably have to pull out something else to to get a win there, but uh, in Arrowhead that's going to be tough. But we'll see. I love it. I love it. Um, so that's that's my big thing of the week for the NFL to see how McCarthy follows that up. Um, moving into the hot corner. Oh my God! It's as on fire. many of you pay dirt listeners I, are familiar, I believe it's on fire. Oh, it I, is! I can see it right now. It's, I mean, it's blazing. It's burning my eyes. Yeah, the fire department's gonna have to come in on this one. Like, I know Will is going to, like, you're gonna have to sit on the edge of your seat because this is like un- insane. The lawyer Thomas Swafford has, he might have been in a lull the past few weeks. You know, he's a married man, has a baby on the way, a puppy. He's got a lot going on, but this week he must have watched him football and he's got hot takes left and right. And here's the big one. The AFC is up for grabs this year. Like we have not seen in a long time. In my well, no, that's that's correct. That's, I guess. That's kind of correct. Yeah, well, I just know where this take is going. So and, and, maybe and I got discussed it a little early. I'll I mean, yeah, the Titans are number one. for They're number one, but besides that, you don't really know who's good. So go ahead. Yeah, and I'll stop periodically. Like we've not seen in a long time, and my Super Bowl pick is the team led by the GOAT. Okay, not really hot there. I, you know, Tom Brady. The world will be reminded... Wh- 
Excuse me. He's talking about another goat. The world will be reminded why Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I selected the Patriots to make an AFC championship when they were 500. And tonight, I'm replacing the Gruden Bowl with the Brady Belichick Bowl. Oh, that would be epic. I, I mean, love that. It would be if it wasn't cool, for the Titans losing. But this man. I swear he said, like, when Brady left, that, like, the Patriots was all Brady and Belichick. Like, I swear he said that. No, he did. Yeah, so don't. His don't goats give me have that. switched around yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you can't just go back and forth. <laughs> also, yeah, I still don't believe the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. No, oh, we're getting to it. Okay, go ahead. He, he also adds that that would undoubtedly be the most watched Super Bowl of all time. There are no Brady or Rodgers in the way of a team looking to make a run in the AFC. Only unproven playoff teams like the Titans, Bills, and Ravens. And yes, the Titans made a run to the AFC Championship, but so did the Jags not too long ago. There will come a game where Derrick Henry is held to average gains and to read Tannehill, he loves, he loves this, to read Tannehill will not be able to ha- hang in a playoff shootout. Interesting. Oh, yeah. The Bills are Titans still... Are, Titans are 2-0 and without Derrick Henry getting any carries, but yeah, go ahead. The Bills are still a year or two away, and Lamar is too unpredictable. The beneficiary of all of this is Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, he says in parentheses, reincarnated Brady, and that nasty boy Matthew Judon. (laughs) You can read all the stats you want about two Reed Tannehill's quarterback grades, but the playoffs are a different beast, and pay attention, Will Dundon, he, he says. Ryan Tannehill will never win a Super Bowl. So, first of all, Do you, I, I love that, Reese, you pointed this out to me. He he said that uh, the AFC is full of quarterbacks who haven't proven themselves and then claims that a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones is going to be the one to go to the Super Bowl. So, That's very true. Interesting. Very, and so, very here's the thing, guys. All you listeners out there, especially if you don't know Swaff, Swaff, this is his favorite thing to say. He loves to say that quarterback will never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. And his, his argument is, well, that's all that matters. Okay, if you say a quarterback will never win a Super Bowl, 90% of the time you're going to be right. That doesn't, probably higher than that. Yeah, you're not you're not claiming anything. This is also coming from a guy who said Jameis Winston will win a Super Bowl, so take that for what you will. <laughs> well, well, he, he has Jameis down here a little bit later. <laughs> Are you not done? No, I'm not done. Oh my god. It gets worse. Or better. I don't like, know. I'm not saying I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill will win a Super Bowl, but I'm definitely saying like he will not be the reason the Titans don't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like it will come down to just like the same reason. I don't blame him for the playoff loss last year. Mm-mm. Like, our offense just di- our offense didn't have it at all. And our defense sucked. Yeah. So, go ahead. Keep there going. are probably 10 backups in the NFL right now who would be having the exact same success as Tannehill in Nashville. Dad, he has been gifted what? a perfect situation, and, Vra- and Vrabel should be coach of the year. But Tannehill is not enough to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. Um, and then I asked I'm him who speechless. the backups would be if – it, who would have more success than Tannehill on the Titans? And he said, let me tell you, Case Keenum, <laughs> Nick Foles, and Mitch Trubisky. Nick Foles is done. <laughs> Mitch Nick Trubisky. Foles is done. Nick Foles can't beat out Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. And you're saying he's better than Tannehill? Goodness. <laughs> this is unreal. This there's is no, just and like... there's, The thing is, there's no there's no evidence to back any of this up. <laughs> This is all pull like pulling well, yeah, this out you're of just thin see, air. Well, you're pulling it out of the hot corner. Yeah. 
Well, that's true. Okay, that's that is true. It is hot takes, but you would think there would be some reasoning behind it. It's just simply him saying, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> but he also goes on to say. Oh, sorry, Will. I take it back. Tannehill might win a Super Bowl when his next contract expires and he goes to New Orleans and backs up Jameis while he, Alvin Kamara, and Sean Payton are winning titles. <laughs> Good God. This might be the hottest I've ever seen. I kind of liked Jameis, but after seeing what he did this year, I feel confident saying Jameis will not win a Super Bowl. So I'll take one out of Swap's book there. But gosh, I just, I, I mean, I don't know what else. He said, y'all will call me crazy just like you did when I said from the start that Mariota wasn't it. Well, neither is Mariota's backup. And I know I'll be right in the end. Yes, I'll be sad knowing this Titans team is a championship quarterback away from winning rings. But nonetheless, if y'all are fans of any other team besides the Titans, you'd agree. Step back and objectively accept that the truth is to Reed Tannehill is a dead-end street. Mm, Spend a first-round draft pick on the right quarterback in 22 and we are Super Bowl champs. But then he uh, says, take that back. I don't like the 2022 draft prospects. All right. A lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. Is that uh, it from the hot corner? Because that was pretty freaking hot. I, don't know yeah, if I, can I, I need anymore. a glass of water. Yeah. Um, as we've done before in the past with the baseball minute, as we know, the, the Braves have won the World Series, so we don't have much left there. But I will talk about a quick basketball minute. Congrats, a quick. Braves. Shout out to a fella up in Chicago getting his first start today for the team. He's an Aggie. At position power forward, 6'4", Alex Caruso. Man, that is crazy. Getting the start at power forward today. His first start for the Bulls and Bulls at power back. forward. The Bulls, Bulls are, are back. So hey, I, I, the Bulls need to be good. Basketball is better when Chicago is good. So I'm all for it. Alex Caruso, shout out to you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Texas A&M Aggie. Good job, Caruso. Also, he's bald, so that's yeah. hype. He is. There's v- another bald guy. Very bald. Um, Will, Will, what are you... Are you looking up something to back... To go I'm, just looking, I'm just looking at the past like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And outside well, there's only of, like six in the well, past Well, I was going to say, yeah, outside of Tom Brady, I mean, Wait, you, have, what, you have Mahomes, obviously... And then you have Nick Foles. And if you truly believe, like, Nick Foles was, like, good. Yeah. He got hot at the right but time. But Nick with the Foles right that team. much better than Ryan Tannehill? No. Like, it's the same situation. Yeah. You you got hot in, like, the perfect system. I don't, yeah. I don't see what, like, he the difference is. He wasn't there. even the starter. Carson Wentz. He, was, he wasn't even the starter. He was Carson Wentz. Who also swapped uh, when... When the Colts signed Carson Wentz, we immediately got a text from Swaff saying, well, we might as well just mail it in this year because, you know, the Colts got Carson Wentz. He, he was yeah, pissed and, that we didn't try to get him. Yeah, we're like, dude, uh, I don't know if you've watched football the past two years, yeah, but Carson Wentz isn't, isn't good, good anymore. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Will, I know we like to have our little tradition here of closing out the show with our gambling picks, and I called mine out earlier I'm taking Utah money line over Oregon. This is a trap game right here. Oh, I I'm, like that. I like that actually. I'm uh, pulling this up here. I I just think that, uh, like you guys were talking about earlier, Oregon they're going to figure out a way to to lose a game here, um, and they're going to screw it up. They got to go to Utah. 
They uh, are the number 24 team in the nation. Um, the spread, oh, actually opened up at minus three Utah. So I had not looked at that yet, but Utah is actually favored right now. So That's crazy. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, hell, Ve- Vegas knows something. If it drops down to two and a half, take it. I have to think the public is going to be all over Oregon. Yeah. So right? let, yeah, the so public will be fade. over Oregon. Let it uh, let that line come down a little bit, come down in our favor, and then take um, take Utah. I like yeah. That. So yeah, it's already down to two and a half here. I looked at some more updated odds. Okay. Let it keep coming down. We still got some time at the end of this week. It might be a pick 'em. So see if you can get Utah um, at even odds. Uh, a game that jumps off to me right away. Ohio State is favored by 19 against Michigan oh, State. I might have to ride. That's ride that's that one similar to uh, the LSU plus 28 and a half spread that we cashed on. It's too much. Just too many points, especially for a top 10 team you're playing. I'm I'm going Michigan State plus 19. By the way, we went. I went two and two last week, so I actually parlayed the two that I won. Yeah. So I actually ended up winning some money, but. Uh, I believe that puts me at fifteen and fourteen. So we're, we're riding the positivity still. It's trying to trying to kind of get over that hump though, and maybe have a big weekend. I'm going to take Michigan State plus nineteen, and then let's see. I got to start looking at these before I come in again. No, that's Makes okay. Off the hip, I do kind of like it. Off the hip, it's all it's all gut. It's all no, off no the fancy rip. Uh, fancy. Algorithms By the way, here. the Tennessee Volunteers covered Nick. Yeah, they did. That was good. They did cover, so happy about that. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, good. That, hey, yeah, hey, that's a win if you bet the Vols versus Georgia. Utah, huh? Utah. What Utah do we think? Is... And then we have another big underdog, probably well-deserved, but Arkansas plus 20 and a half against Bama. Ooh. I don't know. Alabama's getting to that point of the year where they start tightening things up. I don't know, Jim. I don't know either. Honestly. I don't know. Twenty is still a lot of points. Gosh, a lot. And Arkansas is—I mean, Arkansas is better than LSU. We know that. I, but I, I Alabama's going to win. Alabama's going to win, but I think I, I don't think they'll blow them out like that. That's three it's touchdowns gonna be, almost. No, and I think it's going to be right around there. Like I, I think it'll be forty-one. It'll be like it's going to be forty-one twenty, or it's going to be forty-one twenty-one. Like yeah. it's going to be right on the edge. Yeah. I um. Know. I don't know. Throw throw ten bucks on it. <laughs> we'll see. Sam Pittman. I bet Seth would. Oh, Blade, I'm sure he would. Blade dog. I would. hope he does. What do we think about how? What do we think about South Carolina? Did they just lose to Missouri? No, South Carolina's like. They've been okay the past few yeah, weeks. Yeah, they they no, did lose to Missouri. They though. did lose to Missouri. Yeah, though, it was right? a close game. Yeah, but they beat game. somebody who they the, should. They have crushed beat. Florida. Yeah, that's it. However, I'm going to go. Okay, so Auburn. I think they have a bounce back week. I'm going to go Auburn minus. It's at seven and a half. You know what? I'm going to say buy a half point and get it at seven. You can do that. Yeah. Taught me yeah. something. Um, that's good. Just know. to be safe for the push. Maybe just to be safe. Ah. No, screw it. We're going minus seven and a half. I just I, I think they'll win by two scores. So I'm gonna go Auburn minus seven and a half. We're going Michigan State plus nineteen. Ooh. This is a tempting one. 
as a fan, I'm looking at it. Tennessee minus 27.5 against South Alabama. 28 could be the, the number. I think it might be. And I like you know South Alabama is points. not good. Like, is is Tennessee going to get up for this game though? Like, I think they'll win. I think they'll do enough to like it, it won't be in question. But are are they going to be pumped up like they yeah. would if it was like the first game of the year? Or, like we they could have just win thirty fourteen. Yeah, South Alabama's pretty bad though. I think. Like I think they got crushed by some. I, I think Tennessee will clown them. I'm going to say go. I'm going to do it. Lock it in. If it was, I mean, it, it's a, it's an FCS team, so this doesn't go against our uh, principles. But mm. I'm going to go Tennessee minus twenty seven and a half, Auburn minus seven and a half, and Michigan State plus nineteen. Those are my three picks. We're going three and zero. I like it. it. Buck it in. Well, I think uh, that's about it, boys. Another great podcast, uh, a long one, but tons of uh, good stuff. Um, I mean, we're, we're in the heart of the season. Yeah, it's, gotta, it's, it's hard season. not to. Yeah. It's got to be long. Hey, we might have to do a a, a two-episode week here soon. It might it might turn into we, that. We, we might have reaction, to do one. Reaction and uh, preview. I think that yeah. might work out best. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't hate that. Anyways, no. great episode. Yeah. Guys, th- thanks again for sticking with us. If you don't already follow us, follow us on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports, on Instagram at paydirt sports. Be sure to check out the website, paydirtsports.blog. Got a few articles up on there. More to come for sure. Uh, if you're interested in sponsoring, had a had a few businesses ask about adding on to the sponsors. As of right now, Anchor is our main sponsor, but we're always open for more business opportunities. So be sure to check that out. And uh, just yeah. contact us, DM us if you're interested. We'd be happy to get with you. Get in on the ground floor with Paydirt. Yeah. So... I think that about does it. Anything else, guys? That's it. All right, guys. Hope hope everyone enjoys. Have a great week, guys. Yep. See you next week. God bless. Thank you, veterans.